0: WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> This is the Mark Madden Show. Penguins training camp open today, so it's time to talk hockey. Oh, and football, too. We got Craig Wolfley joining me at 3.30. And we got the debut of my weekly segment with ex-Penguin Colby Armstrong. That's at 5.30 today. And it will be lit AF. Lit AF and then some. So it's great to have hockey back. And it's great to be at the Lemieux Complex. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Ben Roethlisberger did practice today. He apparently will play against Kansas City Sunday. There's no official word yet, but both Antonio Brown and Marquise Ponce said Ben would be playing. But those present said Roethlisberger was not throwing the ball well. The phrase wounded duck was said by a couple people on the scene. That bum elbow is a factor, so Josh Dobbs is on standby, I guess. So how long of a leash will Ben be on, and at what point is playing him counterproductive? To repeat, Ben Roethlisberger did practice today. He apparently will play, but he was not throwing the ball well. Hey, I want Ben in there unless that arm falls off. I want his guts, I want his savvy, and I want his leadership. Your thoughts at 412 wxdx Also some Pirates news. Gregory Polanco had his surgery on his injured shoulder, his left shoulder. That's his throwing shoulder. He will be out seven to nine months. I knew he'd be hurt into the season. He's out seven to nine months. Perhaps during that time, Polanco can watch video. And finally, at long last, after a lifetime spent playing baseball, perhaps that moron can learn how to slide. Okay, let's go over some undeniable truth about the Penguins as the new season beckons. And when I say undeniable, I mean, okay, probably. Number one, it's a center's league, and the Penguins have the best one-two punch at center in hockey. If you want to go one, two, three, the Penguins are the best there, too, with Derek Broussard, who is a center and not a wing. The only reason to play Broussard at wing would be to jam him in the top six, and that's not a good reason because the Penguins don't need that. Number two, Matthew Murray and Chris LeTang will play back up to their pre established elite levels after not doing so last year. Bet that. Number three, Phil Kessel won't get as many points as last year's ninety two, but he might approach forty goals if he plays with Gino most of the year, and if the power play once again finishes top of the league. But if Gino skates with Phil, will Gino get forty two goals again? Number four, the Penguins will come out on fire. After winning Cups in 16 and 17, this past off season must have seemed like it lasted forever, and I mean that in a good way. The fatigue is gone, and the challenge is fresh. Uh, that's going to help. Number five, if you're looking for a camp surprise, look at Juso Ricola on defense. Had a brilliant day today. Ricola won't crack the top six. But the Penguins really do like Jusso Ricola. So those are five things to look at as camp starts today. Like I said yesterday, Sprong will have a tough time being a regular, although he looked pretty good today skating alongside Sidney Crosby. Uh, But the depth chart presents too many roadblocks for Sprong, and he needs to support the puck better. Uh, Riley Shan mispracticed today with an injury he's trying to get over, lower body. I was told he injured himself sliding in a softball game this summer. That seems difficult to believe. Derek Broussard sat out. He's battling illness. Phil Kessel did not talk to the media. In fact, he uttered words to the equivalent, you've got to be effing kidding me, and then walked out of the room. And I canvassed a few players. This is interesting. The coaching staff loves Dominic Simone. Sid likes Dominic Simone i don't see that top six duty sid's line i just don't see it with dominic simone but i talked to a few players today after practice and they said that dominic simone's one hell of a player does all the little things right supports the puck and then i said well but he can't finish and one player said well on this team we don't need him to finish but i would beg to differ if he's playing on sid's line he absolutely needs to finish but uh the Dominic Simone debate is alive because it is a legitimate debate. Uh, the three players I talked to about Simone were three guys who know what's up, and they all said that Dominic Simone has got it like that. Your thoughts at 4123339939. I do want to talk Steelers for a second. I want to talk about the Ben situation. Uh, I don't know how you play that. If Ben can't throw the ball, and like I mentioned, the phrase wounded duck was applied to how he looked today by a couple people who saw it. If Ben can't throw the ball, what do you do? How much do you throw? How long do you play him? When do you turn to dots? Then again, between now and Sunday, a lot could happen. Ben could feel a lot better. Could have been bluffing a bit today. I don't put that beneath Ben by any means who enjoys effing with the media when it comes to his injuries. Uh, But with Ben reportedly not throwing the ball today uh, very well at practice, even though he did practice and his teammates say he's going to play, that puts a whole different paint job on Sunday's game against Kansas City, which was going to be fairly trepidatious to begin with. Uh, If Dobbs had to play Sunday, Kansas City wouldn't be a bad team to make your nfl debut against especially at home at Heinz Field Kansas City's got a bad defense Eric Berry is out the safety if Dobbs would have a chance to do good in his first nfl appearance Kansas City would not be a daunting opponent uh Cincinnati mauled Baltimore last night on Thursday night football Andy Dalton threw four touchdown passes in the first half. And uh, three of those were to A.J. Green. The Bengals are 2-0, and but I'm not going to say they're for real because the Bengals never are for real. Uh, I want to get to the line combinations that Penguins practice. And I don't think you could take much stock in the lines the first day of camp. But as I mentioned, Sprong was skating with Sid. Zach Aston Reese was with Malkin and Kessel. That would be a good situation for Zach Aston Reese, although one with more than a slight amount of pressure. Uh, as mentioned, uh Broussard did not skate today, but that would leave Broussard, Hornquist, and Haglin as a third line, which would be quite a good third line. So, like I said, you can't put much stock in lines the first day of camp, but those were the lines on the first day of camp uh, I want to talk more later about how I don't think San Jose necessarily did itself a great favor by going out and getting Eric Carlson just like I don't think Toronto did itself a great favor by signing John Tavares but uh, somebody asked Tavares at Leafs camp if he thinks he and Matthews could be the Toronto equivalent of Sid and Gino. And uh, Johnny T, he's a pretty smart guy because he said, I don't think any good results from comparing yourself to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. What's your take on the Ben and Dobbs situation? How far into the game should these Steelers go with Ben or should they start him at all if he's only like at, what, 75% less than that And again, the report is he was not throwing the ball well today at practice, although a lot could happen between now and Sunday. I'm live at the Lemieux Complex. Oh, let me make my Steelers pick now before I forget. Last week I got it right. I said Cleveland would cover. Same thing this week. I think Kansas City will cover at plus four. We got Craig Wolfley at 3.30. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. This is Jack Johnson of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you are listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 1059 The X. All right, Wacko Jacko joining the party here on the Double M Show. Uh, I got to get one more comment about Polanco, but you're not seven to nine months. Even though you're glad you got Chris Archer, now the trade doesn't make nearly as much sense because now you need Austin Meadows next year because who knows if they're going to keep Dickerson. I imagine they could bring back Sean Rodriguez to play outfield for one season. I know he'd be up for that. He'd be available. we got Craig Wolfley in just a little bit. Antonio Brown did a brief interview today. We have sound from that. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's pretty funny. That's the nicest thing I can say about it. We'll make you wait for that one. The big news is, is that Ben Roethlisberger did practice. But by many accounts, he was throwing the ball like a wounded duck. A lot can happen between now and Sunday. Ponzi and A.B. both said Ben was going to play. There is no official word from the Steelers yet. I wonder if Landry Jones was there with his experience, 19 games and five starts, would the Steelers be more likely to not play Ben? If Ben doesn't play Sunday and Dobbs does, well, Then we find out if they made the right decision uh, keeping Dobbs and Cutting Jones because the Steelers are all in. It is all about this season. And that game Sunday against Kansas City is one they really do need to win. Your thoughts? At what point is it kind of productive to play Ben? 75%? 66%? If he comes out looks bad, how quickly to go to Dobbs. And by looks bad, I don't mean plays bad. I mean if Ben looks physically impaired by his bum elbow. Your thoughts at 4 one 2, 3, 3, 3, 39 uh, There's a train of thought that the Steelers are better without on Bell. Uh, their record uh, with Bell is 23-10, and 10, without him 11-4-1. They averaged 23.9 points per game with him, almost 29 without. They average 369 yards with him, over 415 without. They have better passing yardage without, better third down percentage without. Those numbers don't lie, unless they do. But if you take them seriously, then it's no big deal that Bell hasn't shown up. But I don't buy that the Steelers are better without on Bell. That is short-sample coincidence. Uh, Dre Kirkpatrick, who is a defensive back for the Cincinnati Bengals, wrote a story on that Goofy Players Tribune website. He listed the seven best players in the AFC North, and three were Steelers. Joe Hayden, Ben, and Antonio Brown, with A.B. coming in at number one. I'm not sure if that has any significance whatsoever, but... uh, There you go. By the way, Jalen Ramsey threatened a reporter, and Jacksonville suspended him for a week. AB threatened a reporter, and the Steelers basically did nothing. But maybe that's because the Steelers don't perceive AB as a legitimate threat. Uh, There's more news from Maurice Jones Drew about Lev Bell's holdout. Uh, They shared the same agent. So I I guess Jones-Drew does talk to Bell. We'll get to some of that in just a little bit. But uh, by way of a short version, Le'Veon Bell reportedly told Maurice Jones-Drew that it's not personal. He likes Pittsburgh. He likes Connor. He likes his teammates. It's all business. And honestly, I I never thought otherwise. Uh, I I spoke before about the Penguins. I'm already getting a few tweets saying, what's wrong with Broussard at wing? And Broussard didn't practice today. He was ill. Mostly, it's that Broussard doesn't play wing. I know what Jim Rutherford said, but Broussard has rarely and barely played wing. There's just no point to him doing it. In fact, the only reason I can think of for moving Broussard to wing is if he's unhappy being a third liner. And if that's the case, trade him because that's what he's needed to do here in Pittsburgh. I'm not down on Broussard, Quite the opposite. Last year was tough for him. He came to Pittsburgh and had to adjust to a new team and a new role and then got hurt right away and had to play hurt. That's a tall, tall order. Broussard's a real good hockey player, and Pittsburgh is going to see that this year. He's a real good hockey player. I'm not down on Dominic Simone either. I just don't think he should play on Sid's line. I heard a lot from a couple players today about how good Simone is, about all he does well, but I just don't like him as anything beyond a third- or fourth-line utility guy. Uh, In that role, Simone could help, but I don't see him as a top six. We saw that against Washington in the playoffs. His finishing is just too inconsistent. Let's go to Mark at Ohio. Mark,
1: you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, man? What up, man? I'm kind of at a draw with Dominic Simone playing with Sid. Um, I like it because he was consistent last year, both in regular season and the postseason, and I think he does have room now, to improve it. Now, when you say it.
0: consistent, what do you mean? Because his production was not good given the opportunity he had.
1: Well, when I say consistent, I mean regular season he averaged a half a point per game, and in the playoffs he was averaging a half a point per game. Now, yeah, I, not, I'm not just going to go by statistics.
0: Fire. I'm not. I mean, did you see the games? Did you see some yeah, of the so, opportunities Simone missed against Washington? Yes, I did. Well, don't you think that counts more than the consistency of him averaging a half-point a game, which really ain't bupkis?
1: I completely agree with you on that. And uh, I think him playing with Sid, the coaching staff probably thinks that him playing with Sid is going to help him mature as a player and become better. But let
0: let, let me tell you something. I talked to a lot of players today, three. That's not a lot, but three players – who all said how good Simone was. One of those was not Sid, but Sid's very high on Simone too. So I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt right now, but he did miss a lot of opportunities on Sid's line last year and particularly in the playoffs. Let's go to David in the car. David, you with Double M.
1: Hey, Mark, happy Friday. Yeah. Hey, I, I just wanted to say that I don't care what percentage Ben is hurt. I just feel like he's hurting the team. He's hurting himself by playing. It's not high school football. How,
0: how is he hurting the team and hurting himself?
1: He's hurting himself if he needs to, he needs to recover. Number one, and they the need to win something. this
0: game on Sunday. Okay, do you understand that?
1: I do understand that, but it's okay. early in the season. If you're going to, if you're going, I do understand. If that, they lose if this lose. game Sunday,
0: Dave, suddenly it's not so early in the season. If they drop to uh-huh. 0-1-1, suddenly it's not so early in the season. You feel me?
1: I feel you, but they haven't played into their division yet except for Cleveland, which is a tie. So, th- so that helps. <laughs> okay, they, they
0: haven't play played out. into their division yet except for the one game they've played this season. Goodbye, Dave. Yeah, Goodbye. Nothing you're saying is making sense. I would, If it comes down to this, I would rather play Bennett 75% than Dobbs at 100%. No question about that. Up next, he is an all-time Steeler great on the offensive line. He'll tell us what's up with the game against Kansas City. It's Craig Wolfley up next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I'm super excited to be calling you right now. He's brittle. He's a mind. He's not an arm. He's a brain. He's not a body. The X at 105.9. Steelers in Kansas City Sunday at Heinz Field is going to be muy interesting. Joining me now to talk about it, you hear him on DVE from the sideline during Steeler games. He's an all-time great in black and gold. I welcome Craig Wolfley. Wolf, Ben is going to play, it looks like, but he was not throwing the ball well today. At what point is it counterproductive to play, Ben?
2: I think it would be if... um... He goes out there and he can't make the throws. You know, Mark, it, here's the thing about this guy. He is a gamer. You know, <laughs> one thing about Ben is he's, he's, he's played hurt before. He understands how to marshal your resources, how to focus and be able to play with a little bit of pain, you know. It was funny because, you know, Tunch and I were talking about the elbow going, what do you think it is? Well, it. I think it's a doink. See, we got three stages. You got the doink, you got the tweak, and you got the twinge. A doink is kind of like you know you bang that funny bone that it, it kind of feels funny for a while and maybe hurts for a while. Then you got the tweak, you know, where something pops and you like go hmm. And then you got the twinge where you're sitting there thinking, gee, what was that? <laughs> you're not sure, but I think I really believe it's it's a doink. I think that uh, once he gets uh, that game adrenaline going, I think he's full steam ahead.
0: I hope you're right. The only thing that kind of gives me pause is. If it was like a leg injury, you can kind of play around that. But I'm not sure how a quarterback with an injured arm compensates.
2: Well, there's no question that uh, if it's to the point where he can't make an out throw, he can't make a you know a throw down the field without uh, a lot of pain, or it alters his throwing motion, then you've got to do something. But until he says, I can't do that, you got to go with him because he's the guy that has ridden – you know in in the in the pain saddle for a long time he understands what it means to play and Chuck Noll always used to have a saying he said you got to know the difference between pain and injury pain is something that you deal with all the time as an NFL player but injury is something an, another animal altogether
0: and it's worth noting a lot can change between Friday and Sunday. A body can heal quite a bit in forty-eight hours.
2: Well, there's no question, especially a guy like Ben, an all-timer. You know, one of these these guys, they have a high rate of healing. You know, you see some guys who are their average players, and they heal like an average player at an average rate. But guys that are highly motivated, they tend to heal faster. Guys who know that that the team is is. You know they're all behind him, but they know that these guys depend on me. Well, you know what he gets that in his mind, and there's a lot he can do you know mentally and physically to overcome that that pain and i you know I've seen him do it too many times, so I certainly won't bet against him right now. I would say if he says he's ready to go, if the boys feel he's ready to saddle up, he'll saddle up if he can't do it, then you know you got Josh Dobbs, and you're going to have to go with what you what you decide to go with
0: How much faith would you have in Dobbs? If he does have to play.
2: You know, I think that uh, the young man has acquitted himself very, very well. You know, I was uh, of the flavor that you, you stay with Landry. But the thing about Josh is he showed throughout OTAs, throughout the preseason, uh, all, that he was constantly with his arrow pointed up. And the fact that he showed such great advancement. Let everybody believe, okay, he's ready to take the next step. So this would be the next step should he come in, and I would have a, a, absolute faith in him.
0: Wolf, well, the game in Cleveland was not pretty. How hard will it be for the Steelers to put that game in the rearview mirror?
2: That's turning the page, man. That's what you do as an NFL player. That's what you do as any professional athlete. you got to turn the page. Good, bad, or indifferent, you can't allow last week's game to dwell in in the sense that oh I played so good this is going to be another good you've just got to put that behind you if you played poorly you got to put that behind you one of the things that I've always noticed about Ben that we've all noticed about Ben is his ability to rebound that's what franchise quarterbacks do they might have a poor outing but you know what they'll find a way to get it together and rebound and even then you know in the game Sunday he made the plays that you know he he had to make and the defense. They made the plays they had to make. That defense, for them to come out of there with six turnovers and 112 yards of penalties, are you kidding me? That should have been a 30-point blowout. So that's really a, a tribute to the fact that they got the running game going great. They they did an awful lot of good things, but they the, those turnovers are just killers.
0: DeCastro's out. Joe Hayden's out. How will the Steelers compensate there?
2: You got two guys waiting in the wings that have proven themselves to be capable and able backups. And that's BJ Finney stepping in. And then you also got uh, Cam Sutton. And Cam Sutton, the one thing I love about this kid, he comes in, immediately they go after him. You got the 38 yarder to Higgins, you got the 17 yard TD pass. They go over Cam Sutton with Josh Gordon in the end zone. If you saw that play with Cam Sutton, he was battling Gordon all the way, a superior athletic move on his his part. He gets a touchdown. But then they come back at him in the waning moments of the game, and what does Cam Sutton do? He plays butt ball down the sidelines with a very excellent physical wide receiver named josh gordon and he comes out the winner that was a great job by cam he didn't go into the tank he didn't hide he didn't start to sulk or, or or doubt himself he came out and did what a professional should do he made the play
0: kansas city went to los angeles and whipped the chargers that was quite an auspicious start for the chiefs especially on offense especially with mahomes uh, in his first year as a starter, what was your take on that game? I was impressed.
2: I was impressed as well, Mark. You know, you look at that game, and, and people have said that uh, you know uh, Phil Rivers could have completed 600 plus yards of, of passing. He had a lot of drops there, but the fact is, the back end of Kansas City has all been replaced. They don't have uh, the Marcus Peters and the Terrence Mitchell's and so forth. So they've got some newbies back there. Now we don't know if Eric Berry's going to play or not yet I'm still not certain as to his availability. Their front end is much better than their back end. I think that this offensive line is going to match up real well with these guys. Justin Houston in his eighth year hadn't looked at least in that first game quite like the Justin Houston we've seen in the past, the sack master. But at the same time you got Marcus Gilbert who's always acquitted himself very well with Justin Houston. You got D Ford on the other side and you got some guys on the inside, the Chris Jones who's who's he's just a a monster of a bull rusher. But he's one of those guys that you can handle. You got to sit low. You got to make sure that you punch him and you put your grill right in his grill and you man up. And I think they're going to match up well there.
0: Yeah, I'm not too worried about the Steelers' offense against the KC defense, but let's start with Tyree Hillwolf. How do the Steelers deal with him on the Kansas City offensive side of the ball? Did you ever see a player? with that much raw speed back when you played?
2: (laughs) You know, I've seen some really fast guys, but I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like Tyreek Hill. I mean, you're looking at a guy who had a 58-yard touchdown reception on a slant route. He ran back a 91-yard punt for a touchdown. Watching him run away from guys, um, you know, you, you watch film, and even if you put it in slow motion, he looks like he's fast motion. You know, I I saw when on one play there was a a fumble and there before they whistled the ball dead a a safety for the Chargers, picked the ball up and he's running on the sidelines from all the way across the field, down at about sixty yards of running. Tyreek Hill pulled up alongside him like an F sixteen pulling up alongside (laughs) a C one thirty. You know what I mean? He was that fast, it was so impressive, though they whistled it dead. That was fast.
0: I like the KC offense, Wolf. I mean, Hill can break off a big play. We talked about that. Hunt and Kelsey can slug it out. Is that versatility a security blanket for Mahomes, the young quarterback? There's it seems no like doubt he has about a lot of options.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of options. Kareem Hunt is explosive out of the backfield. Tyreek Hill, what they'll do is put him in motion. And one of the things that's going to be significant is the defense has to have constant communication. When he's moving horizontally, and one of the things they'll do is they'll actually cross and run reverses out of out of the back out of his shotgun and they'll toss the ball up to Tyreek Hill and it looks like they're handing off to Kareem Hunt. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> and the thing about it is with Tyreek Hill They'll swing him in motion, and you've got to, as a defense, close within as close as you can get before he touches the ball. You've got to be able to box him in, and that happens with defensive concentration, being able to adjust so that you widen and create that box and, and get, as Mike Tomlin would say, you got to get, chew up as much grass as you can before he touches the ball because you don't want to give him very much room because this guy is so explosive that he can absolutely ghost you. So every time this guy touches the ball, you got to put the hammer on him. you got to light him up. you got to make him start worrying about who's around before he touches the ball and, and not just after he touches the ball.
0: We're talking to Craig Wolfley here on 105.9 The X. Wolf, one last thing about Tyree Kill. Two words that scare me to death, jet Sweep. Uh, The Chiefs didn't do it, I I think, but the one time against San Diego. And the Steelers have handled it well in the past, but uh, that's still a scary proposition.
2: There's no question about it. In the last three games, Tyreek Hill's had, uh, what is it, 14 receptions for 85 yards, and he's rushed the ball five times, I think it was, for seven yards. They've done a great job of bottling him up. This is not the time to let the genie out of the bottle, so to speak. This young man is a dynamic, explosive performer. He's as good a down-the-field guy as you can possibly imagine. you got to light him up, and you got to tackle en masse, meaning you got to get everybody out there and move as a unit across the field so that when he puts the the, the the ghost on one guy, there's another guy right there to put the hammer on him because he is just too good to let him get any sort of steam going up the field.
0: I want to talk about the Steeler D and the time we have left. It wasn't great at Cleveland, but it was okay, Wolf. Did you see a bit of progress on that side of the ball?
2: Well, there's no question and it was led – by t. j. Watt having just a, a a surreal performance, I mean you're talking four sacks, well, they downgraded I guess to three and a half, however that happens i I, I flunked math twice, so fractions were never my thing, but you're talking about eleven tackles, you're talking about a tackle for loss, three more quarterback hits. this young man to come out and play such hebs plant such an epic performance on the Cleveland Browns with no preseason work whatsoever was truly a coming of age for TJ Watt. This young man, I'm excited to see what he brings in the future. On the other hand, Bud Dupree showed what he can do now, starting to rush from that right side. And if he continues along that vein, I'm excited to see the kind of pass rush that we might get off of those two guys. And then, of course, on the inside, you had some other guys with very good, excellent performances. And I think this defense... Think about it. That's six turnovers, and they only the, the other team only had 17 points. And then, of course, TJ had the big block at the end, proving again that this young man is capable of stepping up in the big play. And maybe, just maybe, you caught uh, that lightning in the bottle where you got the, the, the Watt family penchant for big plays runs in TJ as well as his older brother.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see that more and more with TJ. And another guy who was unsung at Cleveland, But I thought Sean Davis looked very comfortable at free safety. What say you, Wolf?
2: Absolutely. I saw Sean coming off the field the other day in practice. I said, Gadzooks, man, you get your NFL pick there. You're all set on the first game. You know, you come out, you got a pick, and it's taken away, and he kind of smiled. He said, don't worry, there'll be more. That's what I like. He looked very comfortable, like you said. This is a guy who's a true athlete, and if he's able to play that back end and keep increasing his ability to be able to uh, fill those run lanes coming up and then being able to play when you got single high over the top coming off to help those corners, I'm really excited by what Sean Davis brings because he is long-limbed, he can run, and I think that he's got some nice bang to him. So, whatever he brings to the dance, I think it'll be substantial.
0: Now, the Steelers committed 12 penalties, made six turnovers. Artie Burns uh, had an ill advised 15 yard flag, could have been 30. How do the Steelers fix that, Wolf, and have a bit more focus for Kansas City on Sunday?
2: Well, the first thing I do is if I'm Mike Tomlin, I tell Artie Burns to super glue his helmet to his head. There you go. <laughs> You know, and and I already knows. I already knows. You know, there are moments as a young player, you're so mad. I can remember one time I I was coming off the field, and I slammed my helmet down and it super bounced, and then the the cheek pads blew out of it and everything like that. And Tony Parisi, the equipment manager, ran up to me and said, you do that again, I'm going to call your mother. (laughs) And I had to go about with, and I had to humbly go out and pick up my cheek pads, find the chin strap, you know, collect the helmet. And it's just one of those things you understand as a young player, you can't let your emotions get the better of you. Yeah, it's heated out there. Yeah, you got some things working against you and you want to put something on a guy. But the fact is you got to stay within your emotions and make sure you're able to line up for the next play. And you don't cost your team a penalty because you let your emotions get the better of you.
0: Finally, Wolf, uh, it's only week two. But Sunday feels like a big game for Pittsburgh, doesn't it?
2: There's no question. There is a feeling, as you talked about earlier, I heard you saying, you know, to go 0-1-1, it's suddenly not that early in the season as I think you – you exactly. pointed out. When yeah. 0 1 and
0: and 1. It's a lot later in the season than
2: you think. Yes. Yes. So I think this is a big game. They need to come out. They need to be able to develop that running game. And if Ben's got the little bit of a doink going on, let him warm into it. But rely heavily on the run game and then cut it loose and it'll be interesting to see because you know a lot of people might sit there and and say in kansas city oh well he's his elbow's bounding a little bit you go through warm-ups and you don't show too much and then come out swinging baby let one go about 60 yards down the field to your guy and uh, that might take care of it all
0: Wolf, i agree and i think really i mean you're going to worry about ben because he's the guy I, i bet by the end of the day his elbow was among the least of the steelers worries on sunday
2: now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Just
0: all kinds of loose women. Women in various states of moral decay. (laughs) I wasn't kidding. The X at 105.9. Here's a tweet from Shaggy uh, regarding Ben Roethlisberger, his bum elbow, and him not throwing the ball very well today at practice despite uh, his teammates saying he will play Sunday. Shaggy tweets, Ben at 70% is better than Dobbs at 100% all day, every day. Yeah, but where do you draw the line, Shaggy? 65%? 60%? Don't get me wrong. I play Ben at 50% and see how it goes. But what if it don't go good? This is where I bet they wish they still had Landry Jones a guy who's played in 19 National Football League games. At some point, Josh Dobbs was going to have to play his first game in light of him being kept ahead of Jones. But if it's Sunday against Kansas City with a lot on the line, especially for a game in week two, yikes. As I mentioned in the show's open, you say it's early in the season? Lose Sunday to Kansas City. B-O-1-1. I think you'll find out it ain't so early. In fact, it's a bit later than you thought. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Boy, until I heard Ben was throwing wounded ducks today, I had talked to myself off the ledge about the Steeler game. As I mentioned earlier, my official pick is Kansas City will cover at plus four. I think the game is an absolute crapshoot, giving Ben's condition. I think Ben will find a way. I think the Steelers will probably win. Probably. But like we learned at Cleveland, you can't win every close game every year. But I think Ben will find a way. And I bet, Ben's arm permitting, Antonio Brown rips apart Kansas City. Rips him apart. A.B. was kind of mediocre last week. He got, what, nine catches. He got a touchdown. But his impact was rather marginal. And that's not good for the brand. Never mind the Steelers. That's not good for the brand. So when Eric Berry out at safety for Kansas City... That'll make it all the harder for Kansas City to double down. And because Kansas City's defense is not very good, and because the Steelers' defense has some problems of its own, and that's going to get the ball right back to the Steelers' offense, I bet A.B. blows up on Sunday. Going to have a big game. That's Ben's arm permitting. And who knows, Juju might even be lit. I'm not guaranteeing that, and I'm not saying lit AF. I am not saying that, but... uh, Juju might be lit. In fact, the weather forecast is partly cloudy, chance of lit. I got that from Kevin Benson of Channel 11. Uh, The Steelers looked off with Cleveland. It can't help but get better. But will it improve enough? I'm live at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. Practice ended a while ago. I'm really not sure why I'm here. I'm not sure what the promotional aspect is, but... I like it because it got me out here to see practice earlier today, to kibitz with some of the boys in the hockey media and the lovely Jen Villano and also Jason Sidling from Penn's PR. These are my people. It's where I like to be. So I'm glad uh, to be out here at the W Complex. 412-333-9939. I'm going to stick with hockey in 30 seconds. Everybody is wetting their pants because Ken, uh, San Jose got Eric Carlson I don't think it's a great move for them I don't think it's going to help the Sharks as much as people are saying that's 30 seconds away on 105.9